mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, May is Better Hearing Month. Hearing aids are easier to get and more affordable than ever, but are they the best solution for you? Findlay Hearing Center's Jody Turnwald joins us to explain the signs of trouble and what to do about them. Also this morning for Small Business Week, it's time for a tech check. How to make sure that you're leveraging all the latest tools to address your company's needs and serve as a catalyst for future growth. And we have details on upcoming programs at the Findlay YMCA during the month of May. We'll let you know what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. It is primary election day today, so be sure to get out and vote among the... uh, among the things on the ballot for Findlay residents, uh, the mayoral primary uh, be decided today. And um, they're just, it's kind of a light ballot. Um, there is a, a new levy for the Appleseed Joint Ambulance District. There's a few uh, school levy renewals, not new money, but renewals uh, out there. And uh, a couple of uh, Sunday sale. Uh, alcohol Sunday sale uh, issues in some of the precincts uh, out there as well. So uh, get out and vote today. The uh, polls are what they open at uh, six thirty and are open until seven p.m. I think it is. But uh, in any event, get out and vote today. They're expecting a light turnout, so you don't have to worry about uh, standing in line for hours on end. Um, so yesterday I mentioned that it was my wife's birthday, just, just kind of a a casual observation, uh, yesterday, my wife's uh, birthday, we uh, went out, uh, to eat, as I mentioned, I was going to take my wife out to dinner and, uh, she wanted, uh, she wanted Chinese. So we went to the, uh, Hunan Gardens, wonderful uh, Chinese restaurant, but it's on the other side of town from where we live, uh, in the, uh, the Hillcrest area. So we're driving across town and, and as we, uh, are driving across town, we passed. We passed by. I, I happened to notice, <laughs> uh, and I did not realize this un, until I just saw it yesterday. That uh, Findlay now has a, a funeral home located next to the health department. <laughs> and I thought, now that's odd. Um, I'm <laughs> not sure that that is uh, what kind of message that is sending. You know what they say: location, location, location. Uh, so anyway, just that was a it's a random. <laughs> Observation: There's now a funeral home next to the <clears throat> health department. Uh, let's see what's going on here. Among the first things you need to know this morning, most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Here is the uh, latest artificial intelligence uh, story. This is kind of interesting. Speaking of uh, your health, um, apparently... Now, the big question with uh, this artificial intelligence, uh, AI and chat GPT and all of that is how many real human beings will be displaced by this technology? And uh, the general consensus seems to be that uh, those uh, that that there will be or there could potentially be a number of people uh, displaced. But the um, the higher the specialty of a person's knowledge and career, the less likely they are to be replaced. For example, would you trust an AI doctor? You would think that artificial intelligence would would have a limited 
application in the field of medicine. However, uh, it says here, ChatGPT, this artificial intelligence bot, can actually provide patients with medical information and guidance. But it acknowledges that it cannot fully replace the value of a human physician. But uh, recent research indicates that physicians may be able to learn a thing or two about patient communication from the chatbot. This is a, a study published this past week. A group of licensed healthcare professionals evaluated the responses to approximately 200 medical inquiries posted on a public online forum, including questions about medical diagnoses and the need for medical attention. And the study found that the responses from the chatbot were rated significantly higher for both quality and empathy and were preferred by patients over the physician responses. Long and short of it is that uh, doctors could learn a thing or two about bedside manner <laughs> from the chatbot. What does that say about doctors and their bedside manner, or at least the perception thereof? On average, ChatGPT scored 21% higher than actual human physicians for the quality of their responses, and they were found to be 41% more empathetic toward patients, according to the study. So, maybe, maybe uh, artificial intelligence will replace your doctor. I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, artificial intelligence, this is kind of scary. Researchers at the University of Texas at Austin claim that they have been successful in transcribing human thoughts using artificial intelligence. That's right. A, a smart computer reading your mind. The team produced a text of people's thoughts without using a brain implant. You're thinking, oh, computers will read your brain, but they have to put a, they have to implant a chip into your brain or something. No. While the mind-reading technology did not perfectly replicate the ideas in patients' heads, um, the uh, study participants, uh, it did capture the main points of what people were actually thinking. The MRI scanning method was about 50% accurate. People, people, it says, we're able to sabotage the process by mentally listing animal names to stop the machine from reading their thoughts. But while it's scary to think of someone reading your mind without your permission someday, researchers hope the technology will help people who cannot move or speak, like, for example, uh, people with ALS, advanced ALS, or stroke victims. So there are practical applications for this that are a lot less scary. But uh, one of the researchers on this team, so we want to make sure that people only use these technologies when they want to and that it actually helps humankind. But isn't that where it always starts? I mean, isn't that... <laughs> uh, what do they say? The uh, road to hell paved with good intentions? I have a feeling that applies here. I don't know. But, uh, I guess we'll, it's going to be uh, a scary future. Speaking of research, I saw this on the uh, Newswire, and I thought, here is one from the file of, duh. It says, your partner might be a bad influence on you. An analysis of studies out of the University of Zurich 
found that couples who did unhealthy things could uh, couples who did unhealthy things together uh, could be negatively impacting each other's long-term health. If you do unhealthy things together, it could impact your long-term health. Duh. Um, they do say that uh, people who couples who did unhealthy things together did feel closer, <laughs> but they could hurt their long-term. Hell, data involves studies where partners smoked, drank, or were inactive together. Uh, just became couch potatoes. While closeness and satisfaction in the relationship increased for drinkers and smokers, these indulgent behaviors could have negative health impacts down the line. Who'd have thought? Um, the question that they're posing, why does it feel good to be bad? I don't know. <laughs> From the file of duh, you do unhealthy things together, you'll probably not live as long. It's crazy. Thank goodness we've got researchers on the case for this, you know. And a couple of other items here among the first things you need to know this morning. Um, this is one of these stories where just because you can do it, does that necessarily mean that you should? A car manufacturer's a car manufacturer in Sweden wants to bring the IKEA model to your garage. Uh, Lovely is the name of the uh, manufacturer. L U V L Y. Lovely. Uh, they are the makers of a small and affordable electric vehicle. Only costs about eleven thousand dollars. The hit. The hitch is it is delivered in a flat box with assembly instructions. <laughs> <laughs> you have to uh, put it together yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> some assembly required. Now, they do say that uh, professional assembly is recommended and it is available. Uh, they'll ship it to a uh, mechanic who will assemble it at the final destination. Um the advantage, they say, and, and uh, the reason why it only costs around $11,000 is because they can ship more cars in a more compact space. Um, but <laughs> I don't know that. Like the idea of uh, ordering a car with assembly instructions. <laughs> if you've ever assembled a, uh, an end table or a computer desk, uh, you know. <laughs> that sometimes doesn't go very well. I'm not sure if that's entirely safe. <laughs> Have a uh, assemble it yourself car. And uh, how about this? Uh, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Um, it appears that you know how uh, true crime stories uh, are very popular uh, on television. And uh, in podcasts and, and things like that, we seem to have this true crime obsession. And apparently this is going to our head. According to a new survey of 2,000 adults who enjoy the true crime genre uh, in film and television, podcasts and the like, one in eight, one out of eight believe that they could successfully pull off a bank robbery. Uh, they say from the the tips and the information they have gleaned from true crime stories, they believe that they could pull off a bank robbery. 
Um, <laughs> it says this, uh, the survey finds that those uh, people uh, who enjoy the genre watch an average of 20 hours of fictional and real-life law-breaking TV shows per month. Uh, three in ten respondents actually think that they could solve a robbery using the knowledge they acquired on their couch. 24% have even considered how they might go about conducting a heist themselves. More than one-third believe a key skill in any robbery is being a master of disguise. 36%. 11% say appearing intimidating is the essential key. Uh, the uh, research commissioned by a British TV producer found that 26% would take a bag of cash that they discovered in a bank but would never consider stealing from an individual or independent business. So robbing a bank, apparently, they have no qualms with. But robbing a person or a, a an independent business is still a no-no. Uh, 21% would seize... Uh, unattended gold bars from an open vault. Well, I suppose, yeah, if it's a, an open vault, I mean, why wouldn't They're just going to leave it laying there out in the open. Okay. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Rainy and windy today with a high in the mid-40s. Cloudy and cold tonight with a low in the upper 30s. One person was taken to the hospital and another to jail after a stabbing in Findlay. The Findlay Police Department says officers arrived on the scene in the 500 block of Putnam Street on Sunday night to find a female victim with a stab wound to her torso. She was taken to Blanchard Valley Hospital for injuries police described as not life-threatening. Police said the woman responsible for the stabbing was arrested and booked at the Hancock County Jail on charges of felonious assault and tampering with evidence. Get more on the website. Some Republicans at the Ohio State House want to hold a special statewide election in August to determine whether future constitutional amendments, including one likely to be up for a vote in November to guarantee abortion rights, must get at least 60 percent approval to pass instead of a simple majority. Jen Miller of the League of Women Voters says they're strongly opposed to Joint Resolution 1. If this passes, it's simply going to make it harder for citizen groups like the League to have ballot initiatives, but the deep pocketed dark money groups will still be able to do so. Greater Toledo's Right to Life Executive Director Ed Sitter says it's time that Ohioans raise the bar, make it a much more difficult to amend and to change Ohio's constitution. WTOL 11's Trent Croce reporting. A familiar voice for those who attend Ohio State football games has passed away at the age of 59. Buckeye Nation is honoring the man known as the voice of the shoe. Bob Kennedy passed away this weekend. Kennedy announced Buckeye Games at the shoe for over 20 years. We're now seeing messages of love and condolences pouring in from all the people he has worked with and all the people who enjoyed his games. He was a true professional at his craft and a friend to us all. I'm Ashley Bournanson. The Hancock County Engineer's Office is letting people know about a road closure a little south of Findlay. Hancock County Road 40 will be closed for approximately three weeks for a culvert replacement between U.S. 68 and County Road 75. Drivers are advised to use a different route and use caution when traveling through that area. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So now today's cover story, May is Better Hearing Month. And originally, we had planned on speaking with Findlay Hearing Center's Jody Turnwald about the signs of trouble and 
what to do about them. Unfortunately, we were informed earlier that Jody is under the weather this morning and unable to be here, so we hope she is feeling better soon and will be able to join us at some point in the future. In the meantime, last August, the FDA released its final rule allowing consumers with mild to moderate hearing loss to purchase certain types of hearing aids over-the-counter. Now, roughly 38 million Americans report having some degree of hearing loss, and this still relatively new rule is aimed at making these devices more accessible and more affordable to those patients. When that new rule took effect last year, we spoke with Kate Carr, president of the Hearing Industries Association, and audiologist and industry consultant Dr. Thomas Powers about the pros and cons of OTC hearing aids. This is not unlike the way reading glasses are available over-the-counter for those with mild vision issues, right? It's the same idea here. Well, yeah, it is the same idea. Um, The the main difference, I think, is that with with readers, uh, you know, we we can certainly correct your vision pretty quickly. Hearing is a little more complicated process in in terms of being able to just, uh, you know, put something on and, and ensure that we see as as we hear, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, but yes, uh, these over-the-counter devices are intended to provide people with perceived mild to moderate hearing loss, and perceived is the key word. Um, and you know, most people underestimate their hearing loss, so uh, we want to make sure that if you go this route, that uh, you know what your hearing loss is. So one of our recommendations is that you see a, a professional, at least for a basic hearing test, uh, so you know you know, what your loss is, and it's not just earwax in and, your ear. And and that's uh, really what we want to kind of touch on and get into here as we uh, take a closer look at this, because uh, there are a lot of folks uh, who say that there are uh, some risks uh, along with uh, certainly uh, some benefits to, to making these uh, devices more accessible, more affordable, and so on, but there are risks associated, as you were kind of alluding to. Yeah, I think the uh, the, the main one really is... is if you're if you're not really sure your hearing loss, and most people you know have have difficulty um, trying to understand really how difficult their hearing loss is, and in most cases you know are somewhat in denial, um, you, you usually do okay with it. with a mild to moderate hearing loss. You do okay in fairly quiet environments, and then really have have difficulty and struggle in background noise. So you know finding out exactly uh, where your loss is. Because again, the, the, the rule says perceived, and the rule is very clear that there's, there's no requirement or, or for a professional to be involved in this OTC process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't go see one. I mean, they're not, they're not prohibiting you from doing that, right. but, but you can't make that a, manda- a mandatory part of this process if you're going to increase access. So, um, you know, going and, and having someone give you that test, take a look in your ears, make sure that you don't, you know, have, have uh, earwax, and recommend a device that's appropriate so that if you do spend some money on on over-the-counter devices or or prescriptive device it's a device that's appropriate for you and your hearing loss and your listening needs so let's talk a little bit about uh that role of a, a hearing professional an audiologist an ear doctor uh and and how an evaluation would work why it's important to uh to get uh, a, a a screening or get tested how long this takes give uh, folks because again uh, a lot of this is speaking to those who maybe have either never 
uh, had their hearing checked, or it's been quite a uh, quite a while? Yeah, many of us. Uh, it, it could be elementary school. The last time we went down to the nurse and put those headphones on and and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. raised our hand when we heard the beeps. So uh, so the the process is <laughs> the process is pretty pretty uh, pretty simple. Um, you can you know find a, an audiologist or or ENT or hearing specialist in your area. If you're not sure where to find one, uh, we have one on on our website hearing.org. You can find a professional. There's a professional link there. But uh, the process is pretty simple. They'll they'll take a, a little bit of time to understand where your difficulties are, take a look inside your ears to make sure there isn't wax and, and something blocking it, and then the test is listening to tones and pressing a button, and then repeating back some sentences and words in both quiet and noise so that we, we can understand where you're having difficulty. You know, if it's a mild loss, you might have 100% in quiet, and you may only get 50 or 60% in, in a noisy environment. That'll tell us exactly where your difficulties are and, and what type of and what signal processing you need in the device. So, so I think it's important to know yeah, so, what, what, you, what your loss is as yeah. opposed to... So, yeah. so again, uh, equating that uh, to the vision issues, you could, you, you could need a very specific type of uh, hearing aid or hearing device uh, just like, uh, you know, different types of, of glasses to address certain, because I think there's this perception that a hearing aid is what it is and it's one size fits all. And Kate, let me bring you into this. Uh, one of the, it has been pointed out that one of the things that, uh, has held people back, uh, is not just the question of affordability, although that's a big one, but also uh, a perception of what hearing aids are. And it's maybe very different than what people actually think. There are a couple of things that hold people back. And, and you're right. Some people believe that the technology hasn't advanced from big, bulky, clunky devices that they saw their grandfather use yeah. many, many, many years ago. The devices today are sleek. Um, they're comfortable. They're made to be worn for 16, 18 hours a day without recharging. Um, they... Some have batteries, some are rechargeable. Um, the Depending upon the type of device, and you've made some comparisons to glasses, but this comparison is to cars. You can get a very basic car at a lower price mm. or a very premium car at a really high price. There's a variability in prices associated with hearing aids, and a lot of that has to do with the technology and a person's needs. If they have um, a, a lower hearing loss and just need some help when they're in a noisy background or they want the convenience of streaming, answering a phone, those are available for basic devices. But if you're looking for more technology, artificial intelligence is incorporated into hearing devices mm. now, and you have a lot of options um, on how what a hearing aid can do. Your ear really is... Um, it, it, it looks into your whole body, for example. So there are fault, there are, um, fault detectors, um, lots of new things that wow. are coming out as we see innovation will continue. But the other issue, um, in addition to affordability and a perception about poor technology is the stigma associated with aging, that hearing aids will make you look old, even though we see AirPods and um, and earbuds and there's yeah. just such a fact of life and they're certainly um, not 
hidden, uh, as hidden as a behind-the-ear hearing aid can be. Yeah, that's a, a very good point. Uh, and and so much of, again, as we relate to glasses, that's one of the things that keep people from getting glasses, too. I know that's for me. It was one of those things. That, oh, my goodness, I'm getting old. But this is uh, beyond that. And obviously, we know people of, of all ages will need this. And and again, let's talk about the uh, importance of one way or the other addressing a hearing issue because there are some pretty significant risks of ignoring uh, hearing loss. Yeah, those are, are, are the ones that we feel are, are really very important. Uh, there's been a lot of, of data uh, lately on the impact of untreated hearing loss. Uh, you have increased risk of, of dementia, um, social isolation. People tend to withdraw, of course, when they can't engage in conversations. Um, people, you know, increase risk for depression. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of what we call comorbidities or, or co-associated issues that come along with untreated hearing loss. Um, there was an article a few years ago that, that untreated hearing loss uh, was somewhere between 8 to 10% of the manageable and, and uh, issues surrounding your health. If you treat your hearing loss, um, you can decrease your risk for a number of different issues, and, and you know, almost 10% is, is a lot when you consider all of the things that you could be. I mean, there's hundreds of them, and hearing loss is pretty. You know, it's number two or three on the list. Yeah. So um, treating your hearing loss is not just, not just about treating your hearing loss. In many ways, it, it's also, you know, I don't want to say treating your family, but treating your family to something very positive, and that is your ability to re-engage and re-communicate, if yeah. you will, uh, with family and friends. So, again, something to keep in mind that, uh, yes, that uh, making these devices uh, available over-the-counter uh, may provide some very significant benefits uh, to a number of people, but it is not a panacea uh, for a full hearing exam, and so we want to balance the uh, benefits and the risks here. Uh, again, Dr. Thomas Powers is an audiologist, uh, industry consultant, Kate Carr, president of the Hearing Industries Association. You mentioned the website where uh, folks can get more information so they can help sort all of this out with this new rule. You can visit our website at hearing.org. You'll find links to find a professional. You'll find information about hearing health, uh, and ex- a good solid explanation about hearing aids um, and opportunities that exist today. Uh, the over-the-counter products, um, while we do see direct-to-consumer sales and you've been able to buy hearing aids online for many, many years, this is opening up a new category of hearing aids as determined by the FDA, and they'll be available um, starting sometime uh, in mid-October. All right, very good. We'll have that link up at our webpage. Thank you both for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Have a great day. And, of course, uh, those uh, over-the-counter hearing aids now uh, widely available. Again, May is Better Hearing Month. We have a link to the Findlay Hearing Center at our webpage, goodmornings.net. And we wish Jody Turnwald a speedy recovery. Hopefully she'll be able to join us to talk more about this a little bit later on uh, in the month of, uh, of May, Better Hearing Month. So this first week of May is Small Business Week to honor the many contributions of entrepreneurs to the economy. And with that, the folks at Verizon have a unique event offering business owners a chance for a free sit-down for a tech check with a Verizon small business expert to kind of analyze the needs of their business and maybe uh, learn about some solutions that can be a catalyst for 
further success. And joining us this morning with more information is financial and tech expert Aparna Kurjakar uh, from uh, Verizon. Aparna, what what are some of the basics that small businesses need in order to succeed in kind of this uh, current environment that we find ourselves in? Uh, the challenges that small businesses are facing are the same as the uh, the ones that the larger enterprises face, yet what they don't have typically is the wherewithal to support them. So they have inflation, supply chain, worker shortages, cybersecurity, you name it, same headwinds. The good news is um, the, the best equalizer is technology. Technology can and is their best friend. And what we see is the right kinds of opportunities for right-sizing small businesses to get them going on this technology curve and use that as a lever to flourish in today's day and age. You talk about, and I think it's a good point, uh, most uh, small businesses are struggling with the same things uh, to scale that larger companies are. What about minority business owners? I mean, certainly they've been very much in the spotlight. Um, are there unique challenges yeah. that minority business owners uh, face in addition to all of those things? Yeah, Chris, we just completed a Hispanic small business report. A large part of the minority businesses are owned by Hispanics. What we see is, yes, like you rightfully pointed out, the same sort of headwinds that everyone else is seeing in the business, in the macroeconomic uh, front. Mm -hmm. But uh, what we see that is different is these are more of the local family community affairs where they have the right networks in the community. What they sometimes lack is the network for the right kind of financial support, financial advice, as well as IT expertise. So we would love to, and we are already extensions for them as their IT experts to advise them on how they bring in new technology, how they optimize for today's day and age and the needs of the expectations of the customer as well as their employees. Good news there, though, is these businesses, the minority businesses, are more amenable to embracing technology. Hmm. In fact, three-fourths of them have already leveraged tools and technology to make money over the past year, and nearly half of them have transitioned to a digital-first operation. We love that, and we want to help them keep up with that and grow from there. Well, kind of expand on that a little bit, because I can hear a lot of small businesses uh, ask themselves, why do I necessarily need to expand uh, those technology capabilities, those tech capabilities? I've been doing just fine to this point. Why do I need to look at expanding uh, that footprint, if you will? Yeah. And, um, they may be doing just fine today, but what we know is the single most telling factor for a, a company on their long-term longevity is honestly technology and their adoption of technology for two reasons. One is to help assuage a lot of their costs and improve a lot of their efficiency in their operations. And two, most importantly, the customers, their customers are expecting them to be tech savvy. Mm -hmm. Their customers are expecting to go to digital first, online first and do some homework. Their customers are expecting to connect with them anytime, every time. And for that, they've got to adopt technology. And the way you should be thinking 
as a small business around technology is simplified if you think about it through the lens of what i call the four c's start with connectivity make sure everything that you you have as people tools things are connected reliably and with the right kind of bandwidth both mobility as well as fixed there are new fixed wireless solutions we call them business internet that are available plug and play so make sure connectivity is the cornerstone of every bit of technology adoption next is cybersecurity this is when you go digital when you have these many endpoints as we call it on technology cybersecurity becomes all the more important especially with the increase in cyber crimes and we've got to make sure that the right solutions are available to protect those endpoints next third thing collaboration so this is where a customer wants to call you and you're not in your office you still want to pick up that phone and if you're not available the next person needs to pick up that phone that's what collaboration tools will give you that video meetings lots of solutions there let's find the right one for you last but not the least cloud and this is where all the automation comes in all the solutions that you can expose to the customers so they can come in e-commerce making sure you've got the right kind of a website marketplaces and then solutions in the background to help automate so four c's connectivity cybersecurity collaboration cloud that's how it rolls and again uh during Verizon small business days give you the opportunity to present those solutions uh to uh individual uh small business owners and uh, find out where they are on that spectrum how they can do better what is the uh outlook what do you see for the outlook for small businesses in 2023 is this i mean we're coming off of the pandemic is this finally the year where we not just get back to where we were pre-pandemic but maybe get to where we should have been in 2020 had not everything uh gone haywire that's a very good question so the outlook is fairly sunny yes there are lots of concerns around the economy where things are going to go are we in recession or we not uh lots of questions around that and just the cost of capital but through all of it what we see is the resilience of our small medium businesses uh showing up strong they are more hopeful for tomorrow than they are today and more hopeful for the day after than tomorrow and the reason for that is on the back of just the value they're bringing to the the communities they're serving and technology and how it's helping them get better on cost and get better in connecting so Yes there is a reasonable set of headwinds but through all of that it's pretty sunny because a lot of companies have accelerated their digital adoption and are moving fast and quick um uh, to the next phase. Uh Again, the first week of May, uh, Small Business Week, and uh, Verizon financial and tech expert Aparna Kurjakar uh, with us uh, this morning. Where do we get more information on uh, your uh, Small Business Days event, real quickly? Yeah, so we're so excited about small businesses, and they're such an important part for us to be serving uh, that we've started our Small Business Celebration already. Uh, you can go on our website verizon.com/business and you can find a place where you can be signing up uh, for a free tech check. You can go into a well, store and get that as well. There are platforms that you can be making and uh, using for a lot of the services that we've got to offer: grants, one-on-one mentoring, and such. 
So, you know, I talked about the four C's. There's a fifth C. That's what Verizon brings to the table. It's our cavalry. It's our tech experts. It's everything that we do uh, for everyone, but more locally and more fitting for uh, uh, the small and medium businesses and starting with data. I like that. The uh, cavalry is here. Aparna, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. 20 years of making mornings good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A Minnesota family is asking why more wasn't done to track a pharmaceutical shipment that somehow made its way to their home by mistake. The... This is a crazy story. Matt and Maria Conlon say that they received a drum containing 14 pounds of a powdered medication used to treat fungal infections that was addressed to their 11-year-old daughter last week. <laughs> 14 pounds of fungal infection medication delivered to their 11-year-old daughter last week. Uh, The shipping firm DHL says labels for the drum uh, somehow mistakenly were were swapped for the package containing clothing that the girl ordered. (laughs) Now, I'm thinking these two things are completely different. How do you mess that up? I mean... (laughs) These are not not similar at all. Apparently, she had ordered some clothes, got a fourteen uh, a drum containing fourteen pounds of drugs. Um, apparently, the uh, shipping labels were swapped mistakenly at a processing facility. The company says they are making arrangements to pick up and reroute the shipments, and are addressing the issue to prevent a similar error from happening in the future. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere, speaking speaking of drugs, apparently this is not an isolated incident. Because this story, uh, right after I saw that story on the Newswire, I see this story on the Newswire. Employees at a restaurant in Maine uh, got a bit of a surprise when they opened a wooden crate that they thought contained some coffee mugs that they had ordered. Instead, they found a plastic tote containing an estimated 31 pounds of fentanyl. Valued at some $3 million. This is a story in the uh, from the Associated Press. The shipping label, again, here's the uh, label uh, error. The shipping label listed the restaurant's address, but the name of someone who did not work there as the uh, attention, you know, to the attention of such and such person who didn't even work there. Suspecting the contents could be contraband, the employees alerted police who who confirmed that the crate contained fentanyl. An hour later, the man whose name was on the shipment arrived looking for his crate. (laughs) The guy showed up. Hey, did you get a delivery for me here? Jeremy Mercier, a 41-year-old with a prior federal drug conviction, was arrested and charged with uh, drug offenses and for violating conditions of his bail. The the co-owner of the restaurant was relieved that the drugs did not make it to the streets, 
uh, giving the ongoing opioid epidemic, of course. The investigation is ongoing with state and federal law enforcement getting involved. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> is absolutely crazy. Uh, what else is going on in the uh, broken news here this morning? Yeah, we'll skip that one. It's not really all that great. How about this? Uh, speaking of... Uh, Drugs, the uh, Food and Drug Administration. Now, this is uh, interesting. Generally, uh, the FDA doesn't make the broken news. But in this case, the story is definitely worthy of that. The Food and Drug Administration has approved gene-edited pigs from Washington State University for human consumption. They have approved the human consumption of these gene-edited pigs. Researchers use gene editing technology to create five pigs with similar DNA. The goal of the test was to prove that gene-edited animals could get FDA approval for human consumption, and now they have. Selective breeding, one way of modifying an animal's DNA, researchers say this technology does it faster and can create animals with more desirable traits for improved food production. So they had these five uh, pigs that they basically created in a lab with gene editing technology to have similar uh, DNA. And they were uh, approved for human consumption. The story goes on to say that they were made into German-style sausages. (laughs) I just love love the tagline of the story. The pigs were made into German-style sausages. <laughs> All right, then. Hey, they said we can eat them. Let's eat! Uh, speaking of eating, on Thursday of last week, a college student ate the artwork off the wall at the Liam Museum of Art in South Korea. Did you hear about this story? Uh, This is a piece that has um, gained a lot of notoriety, this art piece. It's a banana duct taped to a wall. Uh, An iconic work by Maurizio Catalan. Um, And there's all kinds of theories as to what it symbolizes. People see different things in this, but it's an actual piece of art. You remember when this went viral? When he created, Catalan created this, it was just a banana duct taped to a wall, and uh, and he called it art. And, and apparently, uh, it's not uncommon for things to happen to this uh, work of art. Um, in this case, the student who was visiting the museum saw the piece, saw the banana taped to the wall, and uh, realized that he hadn't had breakfast that day. <laughs> So he he took it off the wall and ate it. Um, the student, according to a museum spokesperson, the student told the uh, uh, museum director that he ate it because he was hungry. <laughs> the viral banana is entitled Comedian and sold for $120,000 back in December of 2019. You remember when everybody was buzzing about this crazy work of art. After eating the banana, this is what I thought was really <laughs> Cool about the uh, story. After eating the banana, the student then duct taped the peel back to the wall. (laughs) 
the peel has since been replaced with uh, another banana. And the artist was informed of the incident and reportedly had no reaction. <laughs> All righty then. And finally, in the broken news this morning, uh, Dutch police. Um, you know, the cops say, we've seen it all. Well, now, in the Netherlands, they really have seen it all. Dutch police recently arrested a drunk driver who presented presented them with a fake driver's license. The reason they knew it was a fake is that it featured the former prime minister of the UK, <laughs> Boris Johnson. It, it was a Boris Johnson driver's license. <laughs> Had his photo and personal details on it. The, the man was found after authorities went to investigate an incident of a car that crashed into a pole. Um, they later found the driver nearby uh, where the uh, police chief says the uh, man could not identify himself and refused to uh, refuse to take a breathalyzer test. The man was arrested, and when police searched the car, they found a fake ID uh, complete with a poorly photoshopped image of of former Prime Minister Boris Johnson. The, <laughs> the fake ID was purportedly issued in 2019 and valid until the year 3000. <laughs> it is unclear where he got it, whether he created it himself or <laughs> paid someone for it. But they, they weren't fooled for a minute. Do you know who I am? <laughs> You're going to have a fake ID. Probably make it somebody less notor- uh, noteworthy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Someone that they're not going to easily check. Uh, there you go. <laughs> that is uh, today's broken news report, the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music, but it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Names.org is out with its list of the most popular baby names in America for 2023. Uh, Now, these rankings are based on recent Social Security Administration data, which is pretty reliable information. You know, baby is born in this country. After register for social security number, you know, right away. And so SSA, they get the names of virtually every baby born in this country. So uh, names.org has uh, crunched the data and they are out with their projections of what will be the most popular baby names this year. Now, again, it's important to note that these are projections because we won't know until December or actually early January what the actual totals are for 2023. But names.org claims a 98% accuracy rate in their projections in their their annual list that comes out this uh, time of year. So 
Uh, here's what they say. If you are thinking of naming your soon-to-be son Liam, get in line. Some 20,636 parents are naming their son Liam. Number one on the list, and it has been number one since 2017. Uh, for girls, again, it's a repeat. Olivia, which has topped the list since 2019, they project will grace the birth certificates of some 18,155 little female bundles of joy this year. So, Liam and Olivia, the most popular baby names for 2023. The rest of the top 10 for boys after Liam comes Noah, Oliver, James, Elijah, Henry, William, Lucas, Benjamin, and Theodore. Those are the top 10. And for the girls after Olivia comes Emma, Amelia, Charlotte, Ava, Sophia, Mia, Isabella, Evelyn, and Luna is number 10 on the list for the girls. Most popular projected names in 2023, according to names.org. By the way, they also break this down state by state. If you visit the names.org website, you can see the most popular names state by state. And in Ohio, uh, Liam and Olivia take a backseat to Oliver and Charlotte. Those are the number one boys and girls names in the state of Ohio. Oliver and Charlotte. So now you know. Derek Draper is with us in the studio this morning with details on what's happening at the Finley YMCA in the month of May. Derek, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate so, it. So, uh, got some things that are uh, some special things that are going on uh, as we come up on uh, on May. Uh, you've got uh, well, let's. Uh, Talk about a couple of things that you have uh, highlighted uh, on the website coming up uh, here in the next uh, few days. You got a Mommy and Me play Yeah, date. so Mommy and Me play date. It's kind of kicking off uh, the whole Mother's Day event uh, next mm. week. So um, that's free for our members um, as well uh, at the downtown branch from 4.30 to 6.30. A um, whole bunch of fun things. We'll have the bounce house out, the climbing wall, dance party. Um, there's swimming, trampolines, all kinds of fun stuff. So looking forward to that. So is that uh, geared to uh, kids, especially of a certain age? Or? Yeah, so it can be anybody, really. Um, I mean, it can be up to junior high, high school if you want to come in. So, so yeah, different things. Yeah, different absolutely. Age. Anybody is always welcome, um, especially at any of our Y events. Very cool. Yep. Uh, circle that on the calendar here yeah. in the next couple of days. Family movie night coming up yes. in a couple of days. Yep. Uh, uh, I guess about a week and a half. Yes, so Wait. family movie night, um, and we will be showing the Goonies okay. um, with that. So, um, hey, you guys, right? Come on down and watch uh, the Goonies <laughs> at the Y. Um, but, yeah, so that will be um, on May 12th from 6 to 8 p.m. So, And that is also free for our members, or if you are not a member, um, it's just a small fee of $10 to come on in. So bring the whole family down. Again, a, a great uh, family event. And then uh, also you are uh, highlighting Sunset Pilates on the lawn. Yeah, so that is new um, that we're going to try out. So on May 18th, 
uh, from 7 to 8 p.m. We have a green space at the downtown branch, um, and we will be doing Pilates um, out in that green space. So really looking forward to that. I think I'm actually going to do that myself. So, okay. Um, but, yeah, that'll be new, and that's we're looking forward to having that uh, that different programming class for people to enjoy. So, uh, again, all of these things happening at the downtown uh, location. Yep. And uh, if you are not a member, as you were mentioning, all of these things are uh, available uh, free to members, mm-hmm. right? Correct. Uh, if you're not a member, you can join any time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially May right now, we're doing uh, pay the day for our join fee. So whatever day of the month it is, is the day you pay for your join fee. So typically a join fee is anywhere from $50 to $70, depending if it's an adult, single adult, or a mm-hmm. family membership. But right now, if it's May 2nd, your join fee is only going to be $2. So the sooner you join, especially in May, the more you save. Um, but yeah, and we also offer financial assistance through our Open Doors program as well if anybody needs that. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to uh, ask because you have various membership, types mm-hmm. of memberships uh, available. Kind of give us an overview. Yeah, so we have youth um, memberships available. I mean, that goes all the way up from 13 to 18. Um, and then we have young adult from 19 to 26, adult from 27 and up. Um, and then we also have single parent families um, and then family memberships. And our family memberships just expanded uh, about a year ago to include the whole household. So everybody has different situations. So it's not just a husband and wife that have to be on it. It can be grandma and the kids, um, our adults that live all together. Um, so just making sure we encompass everybody on our members. So very uh, flexible uh, membership Absolutely. opportunities for whatever uh, your, your needs are. And uh, the why is, and, and that uh, avails yourself, you can avail yourself of all of the uh, the stuff that the why offers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, we have, we call it cradle to grave. So we have something from when you're born until you're 190, if you want. So um, all kinds of different programs. Um, I really encourage people to come in and, and we can give a tour or go on our website and kind of see everything that we have as well. Um you name it, we probably offer it at the Y. What yeah. are some of the What are some of the ones that when people join, mm-hmm. um, they are maybe most surprised or didn't expect uh, to learn uh, about the the programs and services of the Y? Yeah, so I think the first thing you know when I give tours is they're not uh, aware that we have two pools. Um, and then also, um, they're also surprised that our group exercise classes are completely free to our members. So I know in the past you used to have to pay, um, but completely free. Um, so a lot of people have been joining, um, now that that is an option for them. Uh, and they're also surprised that we offer so many classes as well. I know on the last check, time I checked, we were over 40 plus. So, wow. um, I mean, you name it, we've got it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, like I said, I encourage people to come on in. We're always happy to see new faces and, and show off the facility. The Y also uh, very involved within the community uh, as well. Talk a little bit about that uh, community involvement. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of what the Y is all about um, is the community. And I know the big thing that we do is our Feed a Child program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that goes to all local schools. There's packing events that we handle as well, just to making sure that everybody's getting food as well. Um, we have, like I said, the open door policy with also helps the community of people that can't afford the why that we're always there, that we can make something work, mm-hmm. um, with them. So yeah, we try to do almost anything we can, um, essentially in the community, just to highlight a few, but, um, and we, we've, we've done a bunch of things going to different people's houses in the winter and shoveling snow. So, um, 
Really, we're just trying to be there for the community. And I guess we would be remiss as long as we're talking about things going on in the month of May. The end of May, of course, we're coming up on Memorial Day in the summer season. Uh, why uh, operates the uh, Riverside Park Pool? Yeah, well. so yeah, the pool um, will be open, I do believe, um, on Memorial Day. So um, yeah, come on, check it out. Pool passes are on sale now as well. Okay. Um, and you can do that either at the downtown branch or um, our east branch um, as well to get your pool pass. That's the other thing, too. Again, we talk about the uh, downtown branch and uh, a lot of the uh, programming that you have uh, there, but you also uh, have the uh, east branch. Looking. Yeah, so the east branch um, out by Lowe's on Manor Hill Road um, has the five indoor tennis courts. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have the pools or the racquetball courts that we have at the right. downtown branch, um, but it is super popular out at the east branch with the the indoor tennis courts, especially with pickleball as well. Um, so it's fun to go over there and see everybody um, getting competitive with tennis and pickleball. And that included in the membership as well. Also included. Yep. You get uh, all of that. And you also, some people don't realize as well that you get both locations for the same price. So there's no separate price. You pay one price and you get both locations. Very good. Yep. Uh, so if folks have uh, questions about uh, any of the programming uh, that you have or about joining the Y, what is the uh, process? to get all of that started yeah um, so you can find us uh, information online membership information or if you want to stop in like i mentioned and take a tour um, you can do that or you can give us a call um, at 419-422-4424 and we are always happy somebody at the front desk or a director as well is more than happy to answer any questions that anybody has or you were saying your office is right up there in the front that is right yeah yeah just knock on my window i'm always i'm always looking to meet new people so yeah (laughs) stop on in i'm I'm more than happy to help you out you mentioned the uh, (laughs) special uh, join fees uh, during the month of May. Great time. To, yeah. Uh, join Never a better time than right now to join the line. Very good. We will uh, get the link up on our webpage as well, so you can go to goodmornings.net to learn more. Derek Draper, the Finley YMCA, with us this morning. Thanks very much for dropping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, more for Small Business Week, what a new survey by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce reveals about the confidence and challenges of small business entrepreneurs. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.